Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. We're two evangelical Catholics with PhDs in common sense. And common sense ain't that common. My brother Jess will be with us on the second segment. As you know, he's going through a lot of uh, medical treatments and different things. So he's coming back from the doctors. Things are looking good for him. Keep him in your prayers. You can't keep Jess Romero down. He'll he'll be preaching from a hospital bed someday. Hey, uh, topics today. Jewish philosopher says the only force strong enough to stop the woke neo-Marxism, not Judaism, Christianity. Interesting comments. Let's hear what he has to say. And Cardinal Mueller, you heard him yesterday. This man is speaking out like a lion. He says, Bill Gates, George Soros stand for diabolical New World Order. The German prelate ripped Gates and Soros and more. You won't want to miss that. And then, of course, we're going to have a national St. Michael Novena going on. And I want you to hear about that from Catholic Vote. And again, I'm going to comment also about Bishop Athanasius Snyder, who was with the Holy Father last week in Kazakhstan. And I want you to hear what he has to say. All right, well, let's get some soul food in our souls first. And oh, by the way, it's the Feast of St. Andrew Kim and the Martyrs, 120 Korean martyrs. You want to hear about that? We'll get to that right after the gospel. The gospel according to Luke. Theme, my mother and my brother are those who hear the word of God and act on it. That's Our Lady's role. All right, Luke chapter 8, verse 19 to 21. The mother of Jesus and his brothers came to him, but were unable to join him because of the crowd. He was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside, and they wish to see you. He said to them in reply, My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and act on it. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. What I like about this reading is the last statement. My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and act on it. And remember last yesterday we talked about the Holy Father's document on the Holy Eucharist. And we said, you know, Lutheran says, Lutheranism says that just, you know, read the Bible, right? Well, the Bible says read it and act on it. And so when the Holy Father said those who can receive Holy Communion just by the fact that they hear the word of God, the Bible doesn't say that, Holy Father. The Bible says those who hear the word of God and act on it by repentance. And so I bring this up because it's such a big issue, the Holy Eucharist. And I just want to remind everybody, we should all be getting to go to confession on a regular basis. These, these uh, statements from the Holy See that undermine uh, confession, that really is what it does. Um, stick with the perennial teachings of the church. We need to be getting to confession on a regular basis. I went Sunday. Why? Because I'm a sinner. Yes, it's easier to say, oh, who knows? Don't go to confession. God understands. No. The sacramental grace of the con- sacramental confession is incredibly important, so we need to do that. Uh, let's bring the smartest guy into the room right now. J. Sheen. Wow. Here's what Bishop Sheen says, and see if this fits the people you know who were Catholic, baptized Catholics, and now they want nothing to do with their Catholicism. Fulton Sheen says, in almost 
nine cases out of 10, it's over 90%, those who have once had the faith but now reject it are claimed that it does not make sense are driven not by reasoning but by the way they are living. And I think that Bishop Sheen's nailing it again because, I mean, if you think Catholicism's all wet and you're not living the faith, you're probably living a secular life or maybe a compromised Christianity that says, I can get married three or four times and still, you know, I'm fine. So what? I'm not, I mean, I'm not adultery. I mean, come on, that, that's that's archaic. No, it's not archaic. It's the truth that the gospel says, thou shalt not commit adultery. And that's not just for the first 2,000 years of Christianity. That's for all of Christianity. So I think his comments are very apropos for today because many people think that living out their Catholic faith is antiquated, that it's not with it, and you're not, somehow they're behind the times. Haven't you... Don't you know what's going on in the world today? Where we have science. Well, you know what? What do you think started science? God's the designer of it. All right, let's get the saint of the day. Uh, believe it or not, 124 martyrs, 103, excuse me, 103 Korean martyrs, and, uh, and 124 are in the process, and there are countless others of martyrs in South Korea. And this took place back in 1795 to 1839. So wasn't that long ago, but they didn't want anything to do with anybody outside of their culture. So Christianity was condemned. And Paul Kim was the first Korean priest. He had to travel 1,300 miles to get seminary training and then come back. And here's the interesting thing today. In Korea, there are 4 million Catholics. That's 150 years later. Isn't that amazing? But we have a saying that the blood of martyrs is the seed of the converts. Why? Because that's how the faith is passed on. And it's one of the things I'm going to bring up now with um, Bishop Athanasius Snyder. And as, as I know, you, many of you know, I wrote a book on how to share your faith with anyone. And I think we've had and a challenge to evangelization since 1965 because people were misinterpreting the Second Vatican Council to say that, hey, we're just going to have these inner, you know, religious meetings and get along with everybody. And But what Bishop Schneider said in Kazakhstan as the Pope had a visit with um, a bunch of different world religions Bishop Schneider says that's, is a, it was good to bring people together, but in a different kind of setting. What he said, this risks the giving the impression of a supermarket of religions that relativizes the one true religion, the Catholic Church. And I think what he's basically saying is you get the impression that the church belongs to this supermarket of religions and that everyone there, you can choose what you want. But Jesus Christ is not in a supermarket of religions. He's the only one true religion. See, that's the thing we need to really be clear on to evangelize. He's advocating finding ways to improve such meetings and recommends 
it would be better to have local meetings on a human level, thereby mitigating the danger of relativism, indifferentism, and a big word, syncretism. One religion is as good as the other. This is the challenge I think we have right now in 2022. And I think that since the Vatican II Council, the Holy the Bishop was talking about uh, got the impression that all people are traveling on apparel tracks to the same God and will all reach the same end. But this isn't what the it's a betrayal of the gospel. No. He says, if the apostles had used that method as one religion is as good as another, we would have never converted so many people and would have died, not as martyrs, but in their beds. Think about what happened down in South America, in Brazil. Remember that priest who's a Franciscan? He's been there nearly 40 years, and he he did not bring one convert in all 40 years of his mission. Well, what's his mission? Well, I fed people. That's good. I taught people how to read. That's good. I taught people how to farm. Well, that's good. But what's even better than all that? Giving them supernatural life. Converting them to the one true church. Jesus Christ, his Catholic church. This, to me, is a... Bishop Snyder is nailing what's so important today in the church. We've got to get back. And and I I think that... um, especially when the Holy Father spoke to these world leaders, he didn't mention Jesus Christ once. And you see, the impression is, if it's not important to you, it's not important to me. He's, you know, So this is why I bring this up, that I know this was the seventh Congress of Leaders of the World in traditional religions. It's good to talk to other religions, but I remember as a young man where... We would talk to Protestants, and we came in, and they said, "Oh, yeah, we, we just we all have our own version of truth." No, we don't. Let's be honest. We agree on many things from Protestants, but we don't agree on the Eucharist, on the Holy, on the Holy Blessed Mother. So you know, let's be honest with people, because I really believe that people respect you more when you tell them exactly what you, as a Catholic, believe rather than telling them what you think they want to hear. And I think what Bishop Snyder is saying, and I'll be interviewing him next month because he does a show with us every every month, along with Bishop uh, Joseph Strickland every week. We'll have one today. But it's important to point out that the Catholic Church is unique. It has the fullness of the truth of the gospel. And that's not being communicated very well in the last 50 years. I'd like to see that change I think more people would come to know the fullness of the faith. When we come back, we should have Jesse with us. We're going to talk about a Jewish philosopher. You know what he says? He says, the only force strong enough to stop the woke neo-Marxism is Christianity. Let's hear what he has to say on that and much more on the Terry and Jesse show on Virgin Most Powerful. Stay with us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Hit it, Jess. The Terry and Jesse Show, Jewish philosopher. (laughs) This is incredible. He says the only force strong enough to stop woke neo-Marxism 
is Christianity. Amen. He's absolutely right. There is no other no other force that God has left us that's going to be able to squash communism. Yep. Which is Marxist philosophy. Yep. The United States was a Christian nation historically and according to its laws. And it's going to be a Christian nation again, please God, uh, said Yoram Hazoni. He's actually an Israeli philosopher. He's called on conservatives in the U.S., to appropriate the only force that is capable of stopping the newly emerged totalitarian woke new Marxism, <laughs> and that is biblical Christianity, what Terry and me are always saying, a <laughs> biblical worldview. Yet this will require repentance at personal, yep. communal, and national levels. Yoram Hazoni, the Israeli philosopher, he says, if America's going to change, it's going to change because you decided that Christianity is going to be restored as the public culture of the United States. He said this to these attendees at the National Conservatism Conference on Monday. He's an Orthodox Jew. He lives in Jerusalem. Uh, Yoram Hazoni is chairman of the Edmund Burke Foundation and, and, and is responsible for the National Conservative Conference, which has come under fire in the past for its tacit approval of homosexuality and same-sex marriage. Yep. Terry, that's that's one of the weaknesses of the conservative movement. I agree with you. They're caving in on that They're area. Ju- and we got to stop that. we we got to put pressure on them to say, don't cave in, at, no. because they're thinking that they're going to buy votes. They're, they're human too, Jess, but both sides have their strengths and their weaknesses. Yeah. And I think one of the weaknesses of, of, of certain conservatives is that we have to give, you know, we, in my humble opinion, no, we don't have to give in on any of these moral issues. We have to stand straight and strong with a biblical worldview. Absolutely. In this very well-received address, the Israeli political theorist, yeah. Yoram Hazoni, traced the history of the political paradigms in the U.S., declaring 2020 to be a watershed year. He's spot on, yes. Where the basic framework that guides public life shifted from liberalism that reigned since World War II to woke neo-Marxism. Yep. In other words, from liberalism to left to leftism. Of course. And woke neo-Marxism rejects the basic presumptions of individual freedom as heralded by liberalism. While woke neo-Marxism is now the dominant ideology, yep. it is still consolidating its power, which means it's still possible to fight it, said this Israeli philosopher. The relevant question for the people of the West is, therefore, what force is strong enough to be, to be able to stop it? Yaron Hazoni says, <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It's not liberalism. Defining conservatives as those who are devoted to a life of conserv- conservation and transmission, he looked back in history to the period prior to the two world wars and asked what the paradigm was before liberalism became the official public religion. It used to be that the public religion of America was Christianity, he answered. It used to be that the, that the Bible provided the framework for life in America. And people knew that. Everybody knew that. To support this claim, Hazoni cited speeches by Presidents Franklin D. Roosevelt and Dwight Eisenhower, which clearly revealed they believed Christianity to be the framework for life in America, holding that the foundation of democracy itself and national independence originated in the Bible. Awesome. After World War II, Hazoni recounted, liberal ideas emerged, such as eliminating God, prayer, 
and the Bible yep. from the government schools, which meant that kids spent this primary portion of their childhood in an environment where all people that they respect, the teachers, the principals, get through the day without ever mentioning God, without ever quoting the Bible, and without ever saying a prayer. And guess what? Christians do not emerge from that school system. No way. Jews do not emerge from that school system. The framework is liberalism. And the content of liberalism, Yaron Hozoni explained, he says, what happens is that the minimal things that are necessary for life of conservation, of transmission, gets cut off at the root. So what he's saying, Terry, that what happened in the 60s... Yeah, we took God out of it. Yeah. This has a direct effect because kids are no longer seeing God in the public square, yeah. in school. So it, God's going to become irrelevant because the people that they respect, principals, counselors, teachers, there's no God talk, there's no God posters in the classroom, there's no mention of God any longer, no, no prayer in homeroom. And so kids are going to grow up, even though they're Catholics or Protestants or Jews, they're going to grow up believing that God is irrelevant, Terry. Yeah, if they believe anything, they're going to say that was like passe, that yeah, people used to believe that there was a God, but we're much more educated. This is the mentality of secular humanism that's invaded our schools. And Jess, that's why I'm going to give a plug again. We have a, a good shepherd school uh, that we advertise here on the network where people can send their kids to uh, you know private schools that are truly Catholic. And I would recommend any of our listeners to listen to that ad or even Google private classical uh, uh, education because your kids are going to not make it to their faith if you send them to public schools. And I really mean that. And I think that many of these schools that I know of also have scholarships for people who can't afford these schools. So there are options. And so you know, sending your kids to a secular humanist school, like, you know, like a, a regular a public school, especially in California, you're asking to have your kids destroyed on their faith. That's basically what could happen. It's not an option no more no. for Catholics or no, Protestants just, right now, Terry. It isn't. The article, the article says, these minimal things include what Hazoni states have been lost. God and scripture. Yep. And nation and family. Right. And man and woman. Loyalty, honor, sanctity, etc. Under liberalism, Hazoni says, this Israeli philosopher, freedom becomes everything. And the main thing that, you've, that you're freed from is the past. From what previous generations thought, lived, conserved, and transmitted, he said. But the Israelis' hope for the restoration of these fundamental principles lies in the tens of millions of Bible-believing Christians in this country, the U.S., who have the ability to teach America to repent. They have the ability to teach these basic ideas to America again. And while the U.S. is at the very end of what decadence can sustain, in a moment where it is do or die, it will be God who decides whether our nation is destroyed like Sodom and Gomorrah in sacred scripture or spared due to repentance as was Nineveh in the book of Jonah. That's a great line, Terry. Yes, it is. What God needs us to do is our part and our part is to repent and the first part of the repentance is that christians catholics protestants orthodox orthodox jews cannot continue to sit on the sidelines and allow the country to continue in the direction that it's going he says to the most christian audience i believe in you but i want you i want the upgraded version of you <laughs> i want the version that stops being afraid to be christian fully christian in public yeah these includes politicians and public figures who should openly assert that's it We've had enough. 
We're going to restore Christian public life in this country, and it's going to begin in my state. Yeah. And Christians in general must have the courage to publicly affirm, quote, this was a Christian nation historically and according to its laws, and it's going to be a Christian nation again. It's going to be a biblical nation. When you stop being afraid, that's the day that we start rolling back woke neo-Marxism. That's the day woke neo-Marxism has met its match, Hazoni affirmed. In July, the Rachel Maddow Show and MSNBC took aim at the Christian nationalist movement, which is striving to restore a Christian philosophy and fidelity to the history of of individual U.S. states and the nation as a whole. This movement bases itself on the necessity of faith in Jesus Christ and baptism for the salvation of the Great Commission of the Risen Lord to His Church to baptize all nations. If you're a Christian, you believe this. Uh, uh, An evangelical pastor, Andrew Isker, says on the topic, and since America is a nation... America needs to be baptized and discipled into obeying Jesus. The Great Commission means that you're, if you're a Christian, you're axiomatically a Christian nationalist, he concludes. <laughs> and for us specifically as Catholics, let's not forget that in 1925, Pope Pius XI instituted the solemnity of Christ the King confirmed the Catholic Church's teaching that the reign of Jesus Christ, the King, encompasses not only the hearts and wills of men, individual men, but the temporal affairs of state as well. Amen. In addition, the catechism of the Catholic Church proclaims, quote, Christians are called to be the light of the world. Thus, the church shows forth the kingship of Christ over all creation, and in particular, over human societies. Terry, that answers the first part of your first uh, segment. You, read, you I heard it. I was just going to go to that, Jesse. Yeah. I didn't know yeah. you heard that, but... That's exactly what Snyder is saying, that we got to stop having this idea that we're one of many religions. And that, you know, so what? See, our fires have gone out with that attitude of syncretism, that one religion is as good as another. we got to knock that off. we got to go back. Let me ask you a question, Jess Romero. 30 years ago, when you got turned on to your faith, uh, did you get turned on because you thought that Christianity, particularly Catholicism, was just one of many religions? No way. I, I got completely turned on like a light bulb, yeah. like a neon light, when I discovered yeah. that Jesus Christ is the most unique person exactly. that ever walked on planet Earth. The, his claims yeah. of his miracles, his teachings, right. his uniqueness, his virgin birth, his death. Then he said he would rise again, and he did. <laughs> Everything about Jesus Christ makes him totally unique. You can't make Jesus Christ part of this, uh, this uh, you know, hodgepodge of religions. He stands head and shoulders above, above all these dead men, all these dead founders. And then the second thing, when I discovered that Jesus Christ started a kingdom here on earth called the Catholic Church, exactly. which is called to evangelize and make disciples of men, I said, okay, I got my marching orders. There's nobody like Jesus, and this is the church he founded. Let's get busy. Roll up my sleeves, and I've been doing that for 30 years now. And, Jesse, that was the same experience I had when I was 14 years old. When I realized that Christianity, specifically the Catholic faith, had the fullness of the truth, are you kidding me? And I asked people, Jesse, over the years in Catholic churches, how do you see your Catholic church that you're in? How do you see your faith? Is it unique or is it just one of many? And Jesse, almost 80, 90% of the people I talk to, they go, well, you know, I, it's just I happen to be Christian, like just like I happen to be a Democrat or I happen to be a uh-huh. No, we, we have to get back our fire to realize 
the uniqueness of Jesus Christ and the need to embrace people with the faith. And Jesse, think about this. Remember the guy that was down in South America for 40 years as a missionary? He never, never brought one anybody. soul back to, to Christianity. He, he seemed to be proud of it, too. And he was proud of it. But you see, his impression was that the Second Vatican Council said, we're just, one, you know, we're just walking along with everybody else, and we're all a bunch of nice people. Let's just be nice. No, we have to get back our first-century zeal and be first-century Christians. How do you think the religion spread? It wasn't that way. I'll tell you how it was spread. When you realize that Jesus Christ established his church and the uniqueness of Christ, as Jess was saying, and you're going to spread the faith. Hey, when we come back, yeah. talk about spread the faith. Cardinal Mueller, he's really hitting hard. I love hearing a cardinal speak the truth with charity and clarity. When we come back, you'll hear what he has to say and much more here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio on the Terry and Jesse Show. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. St. Andrew and the 101 Korean martyrs pray for us. Amen. We need it. I love when people like Cardinal Mueller yeah. and many others, we're, get, we're getting many right. other voices yep. speaking. Terry, this is thunder from the pulpit. You think? Cardinal Mueller, it. the former prefect of the Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith, he criticized plans of the New World Order, and he called out, this is awesome. That I mean, I, I just love this. By he's, name. Yeah, he's not. Who's, who says that Catholics can't get involved in the political <laughs> sphere? Are you crazy? I love it. He's criticizing by name yeah. billionaires Bill Gates and, and George Soros as proponents of the globalist agenda. Here's what he says. By their own admission, these two, Gates and Soros, stand for the New World Order, which they want to establish in their image and likeness, he said. Cardinal Mueller made these remarks in a recent interview with the Catholic news news site cath.net in which he offered a sophisticated critique of the so-called New World Order. He blasted the ideas of Gates and Soros. Let me just say one thing about Gates and Soros. These two guys are the most powerful non-politicians in the world, Terry. That's a fact. And again, they've purchased they've bu- they've bought their influence all over the world with presidents, prime ministers, with entire nations. They've bought their influence with the almighty dollar that both of them worship. So Mueller blasted the ideas of Gates and Soros. The intellectual content of their contribution is measured against the intellectual and cultural history of mankind, rather modest, and is easily achieved by any normal student in the first semesters in whatever subject. The German prelate, Mueller, asserted that all attempts to create a man-made new world order often spring from diabolical destructive thinking that they invariably that 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 they invariably end in disaster yep. he named the colonialism and the imperialism of the 19th century national socialism and leninist stalinist communism as historical examples of such systems yep communism and, and nazism yep the prelate is also also mentioned the world economic founder Klaus Schwab. This is another evil man. Yep, I, I, and described his ideas as transhumanist utopias. 
Klaus Schwab wants to connect us with the internet, Terry, and make us live forever by making us half half Computer. human, half half machine. Exactly. Yeah, like little like terminators, I guess. <laughs> so commenting on the current global vision of the of the New World Order, yep. Cardinal Mueller said the program of a New World Order under the condition of a total economization of man, in which self-appointed financial and political elites act as the thinking and controlling subject, has the price of the depersonalization of the masses. The human being is only the biological raw product, which is upgraded to a computer in a total network of information. What a good line. Oh, no, he describes it well. The human being is the only bio- biological raw product, which is upgraded to a computer in a total network of information, there is there is then no more person anymore, no immortality of the soul, no living being with heart and mind, spirit and free will. It remains a construct without home and hope. Jesse, also, Jesse, before yeah, you go, ahead, go on, Jump I want to just say this because you talk about criticizing some others he did. I just want to mention that what he's saying is so important to us today because Many people in our culture right now are depressed. I just got this article, new survey finding increased reports of suicide, you know, among the LGBT, among people, just all kind. people are screwed up, okay, to put it in French. And the point of it is, is this, they're, they're messed up, Jesse, because they don't know the meaning and purpose of life. They, they're being told, yeah, you're going to hook you up to your laptop someday and uh, we'll keep you going forever. <laughs> See, just come on, come on. And then why wouldn't they be depressed when they don't have any hope in this future life for all eternity, total joy and happiness of heaven? Without that, I would be depressed. And I'm a pretty optimistic guy. But my optimism comes not from, you know, some scientist or some guy that's going to interface my, my laptop with my brain. I get it. Get out of here. My joy comes from knowing the Lord Jesus Christ and living in the presence of God. And this is what, again... We have the alternative. There's two camps out here, Jess, the camp of Satan and the camp of Jesus Christ. That's right. You just quote a Saint Ignatius of Loyola. Yeah, yeah. That's in a spiritual exercise. Yep, that's where it is. Yeah. All right, uh, continue on, Jess. I just, had to, I just had to say that because what they're trying to sell the world is humanism, basically, that man is in itself his own God, if you want to call it that, that, you know, Leave out the supernatural. Leave yes. out anything about the soul. That's antiquated. No, we have a. We still have time to win this fight. And Mueller, Cardinal Mueller, in my opinion, I Jesse just. I met him years ago at Mundelein Seminary at a mm. dinner, and he's about six foot four, and I'm five foot four. I went up big to guy. him, big dude, and I said, Cardinal Mueller. This was when he was at the congregation. I said, Thank you for keeping orthodoxy in the church today when it's so difficult to do that job. My prayers are with you. Ah, yeah, very, very good. You know, my point is this. This man is not afraid to speak the truth, and we need more Cardinal Muellers today. Yes, we do. Amen. Continue, because there's another thing he's criticizing. Go ahead, Terry. No, he's criticizing both President uh, Vladimir Putin for his war against the Ukraine and the U.S. President Joe Biden for his radical pro-abortion policies. Both country leaders claim that they are Christian, but they will not help them when they face God's judgment, according to Mueller. See, Jesse, 
He's telling he's telling both presidents that Russia and America that dude you're going to have an exit go back to your you're going to have an exit interview soon. They're both old guys. Yes. You know Putin is old, Biden's old. Yes. This is charity, Jesse, in action. It sure is. Moreover, the German Cardinal expressed his view on the problem of philanthropic billionaires, kind of yeah. like uh, oh, yeah. uh, Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, yeah, here's one. Billionaires influencing national governments. The problem is that the, that the super billionaires, through yeah. their charitable foundations and their influence in international organizations, again, like Gates and Soros, sure. make the national governments, which are democratically elected, dependent on them. Follow the money. Wow, what a true That's statement. That's a great leg. Because, he, yeah. yeah where, where's, who's, who's getting paid? Yeah. They are received like great statesmen, like Soros, Zuckerberg, yeah. VIPs, Gates, yeah. Or celebrities and VIPs and flattered by local rulers in the vain hope of getting some of their glitz and glamour, yeah, some of their money. An economically successful entrepreneur, even if he has become rich legally and morally unobjectionably, is far from being a philosopher and certainly not the Messiah. Amen. He contrasted these super billionaires with the true Messiah, Jesus Christ. I love it. Saying that the only son of God who took on our humanity could change the world for the better once and for all because he conquered sin, death, and the devil and brought us the knowledge and salvation of God. Well said. <clears throat> Mueller also offered fierce remarks against people who accuse others of being conspiracy theorists. <laughs> Today, the word conspiracy theorist is an ideological fighting term employed by mentally debilitated anti-fascists who conduct their fight against the right. God, this guy's so right on, Terry. No, he's, he, he's saying wow. it so everybody wow. can understand. This is black and white Catholicism, brother. With, with Nazi methods. Yep. That is intimidation and threatening violence, such as against the judges of the Supreme Court who yep. denied the human right to abortion, or against a lecturer at the Humboldt University, once the epitome of the German scientific standard who wanted to explain the biologically evidenced fact that human nature entails only two genders, without which there would be no single human being, not even those who rabble-roused against this reality. He likened the modus operandi of the today's anti-fascists who try to silence our opposition to the methods employed by the Nazis and Soviets. Godlessness and misanthropy go hand in hand, Mueller added. Jesse, the, the, last, German, yeah. Jesse, the last statement, the last paragraph. Finish it. Finish he it. Just, he's awesome. The German cardinal ended the interview with an analysis of ecclesial crisis in the church, so the church crisis. And Jesse, I think... I just wish he was the Pope. I'm going to be honest. I'm just saying it right now. I do. I mean it. This guy is so clear. He said the decline. I'm Holy Spirit. Yeah. Oh. Amen. The Holy Spirit's working in his guy's life. The decline of the church in Germany and Europe. He says it's not caused by secularization, but by the absence of faith, lack of hope, and the love that has grown cold inside the hearts of baptized and confirmed Catholics, who rather let themselves be. Bewildered by the serene calls of the world, then listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd and follow him. And I might add, Jesse, yeah. the leaders in Europe, the bishops, the priests, the cardinals, have a great responsibility of that faith being lacking. Because what's happened is we have compromised. Okay, Mueller has spoken out against the Great Reset, Gates, Soros, Schwab in the past. The German prelate was labeled as a conspiracy theorist and anti-Semite by politicians and the mainstream media for his comments. Well, check this out. Who's he, what endorsement is he getting? Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano defended the prelate. <laughs> and Jesse, I'm in the camp of Cardinal Mueller, yeah. Bishop Snyder, Bishop Joseph Strickland. These are men 
who are successors of the apostles and who are saying, you know what? It's time to make it clear there's two there's two camps, Jesus Christ and the devil. And, you know, he's using very strong language, Jesse. He's talking about demonic influence in the world. He's giving credit to demonic influence yeah. on we these men, that they're collaborating in, and whether they know it or not, they're collaborating with evil. Terry, the problem is right now Tell also me, is that so many so many lay Catholics are so malformed. Well, in they the bought faith. into this. Yeah, that they're they're jumping over the trap door of hell. Oh, yeah. They don't even realize it. And and you bishops, yeah. you're going to render an account. Oh gosh, you're going to render an account for the soul of every Catholic in your diocese. That's that's what Bishop Strickland keeps saying to me. Yeah, bishops, think about this. You're going to be asked. You're all old men. Yeah. When you die in a few short years, days, or weeks, God's going to ask you if you taught, if you governed, and you sanctified your diocese to the best of your ability. Well said. Because you bishops are successors of the apostles. You have supernatural power that's been given to you in holy orders. And the fact is, we lay Catholics, we will fight, but we need leadership. We're willing to fight the battles in the public square for our Catholic Church. But the fact is, we need for you to sound the trumpets, bishops. Lay people are willing to do hand-to-hand combat, but you bishops, you need to blow the trumpets of war. Well said. we come back, we're going to talk about St. Michael, the Archangel, and the Novena that's coming up. Stay with us, family, here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jess Romero, what you just said to advice to our bishops, brother, uh, I'm going to send that out on social media because our bishops need to do need to hear that. And I think it's a very a charitable thing to say to them. Because, you know, Bishop Strickland constantly talks about that weight of his responsibility of his office. He understands it. Understands that. Hey, Jess, before we get into this, Catholic vote calls for National St. Michael Novena amid ongoing attacks on churches and pregnancy centers. I also want to mention in Nicaragua, they have an annual march every year with St. Michael, and thousands and thousands of people go to the streets. This year, the persecuted church. You know what? The government will not allow Catholics to come out and do that procession. Wow. So here we are. We still have some freedom. And what's the Catholic vote calling us to do, Jess? Yeah, they're calling us. They're a great organization, Terry. Oh, yeah, a Catholic vote. Them. Yeah, they, they, it, they're calling for a national St. Michael, the Archangel, Novena, amid the ongoing attacks on uh on the yep. churches and pregnancy centers. Right. If if um, if the, if Mr. Engineer could play, it's just a two-minute clip. If you can play yeah. it real quick. It. Hi, I'm Brian Birch, president of Catholic Vote. I'm so proud of my country and so grateful for my faith. I truly believe that you and I, as Catholics, bring something irreplaceable to the American story. But the Catholic faith and human life itself is under assault in America. We've seen a surge in violence against our faith for over two years now and Catholic Vote is tracking it. The violence really gained steam in early May with the leak of the Dobbs decision. Since then, there have been over 45 attacks on Catholic churches and 62 attacks, including firebombing, on pregnancy resource centers across 26 states. 
The White House's response? Nothing. Attorney General Merrick Garland and the Biden administration have been silent when it comes to investigating these crimes. This November, we have a midterm election and Americans can send a clear message that we've had enough. We see the violence and we demand these crimes be prosecuted. But that's not all we're going to do. As Catholics, before we go to the polls, we go to the cross. That's why I'm asking you to join me September 20th to the 29th in a novena to defend against violence. Every day we will pray through the intercession of St. Michael the Archangel that Jesus Christ will save our churches and pregnancy centers so that we can continue to serve the families, women, and children who depend on us. Prayer changes history and it will heal our country. So gather your friends, call your pastor, share this novena with everyone you know. For nine days, Catholics all over America will ask St. Michael the Archangel to wage battle on our behalf against all the powers of darkness that infect the hearts and minds of our persecutors. When the apostles asked him why they couldn't drive out a particularly powerful demon, Jesus responded, this kind can only be driven out by prayer and fasting. So let's get to work, but first, to prayer. Wow. God I like this guy, Terry. Talk about Thank action you. item. So it starts today. The, yeah, the, the, this, yeah, the national call for a St. Michael Novena starts today, mm-hmm. and it ends in nine days on the feast day of uh, St. Michael the Archangel and the other angels as well. Yep, yep. Now, this is good work, and as a matter of fact, we're having a big shindig. I think your brother Johnny's going to be joining us awesome. on the 29th. I had recommended him to the group that wants to do this uh, St. Michael the Archangel uh, mass and reparation, and we're going to have a potluck. I don't have a potluck. I think we're actually catering food for everybody because we want this to be a big event every year. Last year we had a full church when you were there, Jess. Yeah. And we're going to do it again. Why? Hey, this is the time to call on the angels. I mean, uh, let's, the unemployment rate's way too high. Let's put them to work. And we can't stop. You know, the best angel we can call on is St. Michael. And I think I just want to recommend also. If you're not saying that prayer on a daily basis, whether you go to daily Mass or if you're not going to daily Mass, the St. Michael the Archangel prayer, say that often during the day because this is a, a powerful prayer. Just tell them a little bit about how powerful that prayer is. For the yeah, Terry, life. it was written by Pope Leo the Thirteenth. Right. He wrote it after he saw a vision oh, yeah, of the devil asking God permission to yeah. put the church to a test for a hundred years to yeah. put the church on trial. Yeah. So he wrote the St. Michael, the Archangel, the, the short form, and the long one also that's used in exorcism. Exactly. The, the short one is, is, is used for lay people. It's known as a minor exorcism prayer. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's not, he, also John Paul II back in the 80s reminded us again that we need to start doing this prayer after right. Mass. Yeah, for so sure. So not only, this was added, by the way, this is, Called this is called the Leo Nine Prayers. Mm-hmm. After Mass and the Latin Mass, they they'll do three Hail Marys, the Hail Holy Queen. Yep. Then the priest will do a prayer, and then we'll do the Saint Michael. So those are that's yep. those are called the Leo Nine Prayers, <laughs> given to us by Pope Leo the Thirteenth, you know, over a hundred years ago to be prayed after every Mass. Yep. And and it was and, and it was basically to stop communism. That's what it was for. Yep. To stop the advance of communism, because again, 
uh, the church understand that that's going to be the, the weapon that Satan's going to use against us like he's doing right now. Now, that prayer was mis- was removed after the Mass in 1964 by the Commission on the Sacred Liturgy uh, by more than, more than likely Archbishop Bonini because yeah. he was the one that was in charge of the commission. Something interesting, Terry, about St. Michael the Archangel, us, all the Christian churches have something to say about They all give them a title. <laughs> the The Russian Orthodox Church... Yes. They call St. Michael the chief commander. The Eastern Orthodox Church calls St. Michael the supreme commander. The Greek Orthodox Church calls him the highest general. (laughs) And the Latin rite, that's us, calls him the leader of the army of God. And so if you notice, all the what I would call the ancient churches, you know, the Catholic Church and the ones that broke off from the Catholic all the ancient churches that go back, you know, to the Middle East, all of them have a military title for St. Michael the Archangel. Yep. Uh, it's, it's very interesting. And, and also, <clears throat> one of the things that the devil fears, just when you say the St. Michael the Archangel prayer, is just the name, when you say St. Michael, just the word Michael is something that causes the devil to panic and the devil to fear. Because the name Michael... It means literally, who is like unto God in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. So when the devil hears you saying in the morning, Terry, me saying in the morning, you saying it in the evening, I say it in the evening, in our wives, when he hears us saying it, we're basically repeating the words and reminding him, hey, dude, you ain't God. You're just a <laughs> fallen angel. That's You're on your way to hell as soon as Christ comes back. So every time he hears St. Michael, that name Michael, Michael means who is like unto God? The devil hears the saying, oh man, there they go again, reminding me that I'm a fake God. I'm a false God. And that one day I'm going to get sent into hell. And every time they say the name Michael, that's what it reminds me of. Yep. Well said, Jesse. I just want to get a plug in. Also, uh, Bishop Strickland Hour is going to join us in a couple of minutes when we're finished with our hour. And I took clips from two years of Bishop Strickland pointing out the beautiful teachings of our faith. I think folks are going to really enjoy it. So I don't want to, I want to encourage you, if you can't get it on your network, on the AM or FM station you're on, go to vmpr.org and download our free app. These phones, you'll be able to go anywhere in the world with our app. And not only on the app, it has a bunch of other beautiful things, prayers, programs. There's just so much on our app that you won't want to miss. And it's free. Hey, Jess, to wrap up St. Michael's Novena and the whole concept of the attacks that are being made on the faith, isn't it, I mean, this is my take on guardian angels and angels in general, that we have not employed our guardian angel for defending us and our family and our country. It seems that we're outgunned in a sense of what's happening in the media. We're outgunned in a lot of places with money, but we're not outgunned when it comes to the supernatural. And I think we need to call on that to fight this battle. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we've got, the numbers are on our side exactly. when it comes to the supernatural because out of every three spirits out there in the, in the, in the cosmos, two out of three are yeah. good angels when one's a demon. So right. the good, we outnumber the bad guys by far. Yeah, let's take advantage of that. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Terry also, 
one of the things that I would just recommend to any bishop, yeah. a bishop, uh, Pope Leo XIII says that if they do the Saint, the long form Saint Michael the Archangel prayer, mm-hmm. the one that lay people are not authorized to do, right. we're authorized to do the short form. Sure. A, a bishop or an exorcist can do the long form. It's called Chapter Three. When a bishop does the long form Saint Michael the Archangel prayer, Pope Leo the Thirteenth says that the bishop, as the successor of the apostle, who has full authority to pray over his city or his diocese, uh, his prayer of exorcism has has the power to drive all the demons out of the city. When he says the long form Saint Michael the Archangel prayer, you know what? I'm going to bring that up to Bishop Strickland when I have my show this afternoon with him. Because I'll email you. I'll, I'll email you the data so you could just oh, give yeah, it to just him and forward it yeah. right to him because he he would do it. He oh, would he would it. do it in a heartbeat. Hey, hey, Jess, one one other comment. And he would do it in a heartbeat. And this is what. So I just want to remind everybody to be praying for Cardinal, another Cardinal, Cardinal Zen. He's uh he's under um uh you know he's gone to court. The Chinese atheist regime has trampled on his rights of the members oh. of the Catholic laity, and he's standing up and saying. Not on my watch. He could have left Hong Kong, Jesse, but he stayed to fight for the people. And I just think that he's 90 years old. I got a picture of him here in this article from from Catholic uh, from uh, Catholic News Notes. And what a warrior! I, I, I just want to say thank you, Cardinal Zen, for showing us people how to fight for the faith in a communist country. This is just so good. So say in our Father, Hail Mary, and a glory be for Cardinal Zen that God will protect him and the angels will protect him in his battle against atheistic communism through China. And just a quick note, Jess, it's kind of interesting about China. Ah, I'll have to wait till tomorrow to tell my quick note. <laughs> Jess Romero, you're, I look like you're doing good. We're glad to have you back. And um, Jess, what state should we be living in, brother? Terry, yeah, today, brother. tomorrow, the next day, next yeah. week, let's live in a state that's in the state of sanctifying and How grace. do we Who do cares? that, brother? We, we do that by living in friendship with God. Yep. We do that by being free from mortal sin. Yep. We do that by receiving the sacraments of the church and having yeah. a dedicated life of prayer. Amen. And we do that also by even resisting, fighting against the temptation of venial sin. Yep. Hey, folks, I mentioned Cardinal, our, Arch- our Bishop Athanasius Schneider. We have his book, The Springtime That Never Came. I got a whole case of them. No, I do, Jess. You gotta read it, Jess. No, the, the t- that's funny. The title because everybody the new springtime, the yeah, new springtime, baby. Never call eight seven seven five two six two one five and get a copy of that, or go to vmpr.org. Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell. Why? Because no one's there to pray and make sacrifice. Please participate in the salvation that Jesus Christ shed His blood on a cross. You can participate in that. May God bless you.